Hey everyone, it's Tammy here. All right, so in today's conversation, um, again, you know, we have a nice little mix. Sometimes we talk about law, sometimes we talk about life, sometimes we talk about the both of them. Um, and today what I want to talk about is something that I think it has implications for your business, for your life, um, and even for the law, honestly. And it is this idea of radical responsibility. <laughs> As I said it, I thought to myself, is there, is it, could there, could there be something that sounds any less sexy? <laughs> but actually, maybe we'll talk about that another time, because I was like, actually, responsibility can be a very attractive thing. Um, but I, I, I don't want to go there. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about. Um, but I do want to talk about this idea and this concept of radical responsibility. And I want to bring, take you back. You know, sometimes I like to do a little bit of story time. Um, and, and a lot of these stories I'm finding seem to go back to when I was teaching because I learned some amazing things. And so here's the background. When I first started my, my educational career, so when I started teaching with Teach for America, they took us through a training, an intensive training in order to prepare us for the classrooms that we would be in. And with Teach for America, with programs like that you're usually placed in low-income neighborhoods where the achievement gap is really huge what do I mean by that I mean I mean that when they start to look at how well people do in terms of their achievement and how it's measured for example in like um, exams and things like that there's usually a gap between the poor and the rich um, children who are in um, low-income neighborhoods and people in high-income neighborhoods and sometimes that thread also goes with with race but that doesn't it's not an accurate reflection of again people's capabilities it's usually based off of resources and a whole bunch of other things that I'm not gonna get into right now resources expectations blah 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 but all of this to say is we went through this significant um, training and in that training one of the things that has stuck with me you know decades later, almost 20 years later, is this idea, this concept of locus of control. When I tell you that this principle, this idea is um, not groundbreaking, but perspective shifting, this is what it was for me. And essentially, locus of control is asking yourself with as much honesty and objectivity as possible, what can you really control? Right? And it's not like, what do I want to control? You know? Or what should I control? That, those are not the questions. The question is, what can you really control? And you have to be brutally honest. And the reason why we had to talk about this in terms of when I was teaching was because oftentimes they saw something that would happen to the teachers who would come into these environments. You'd come into this, this environment and because you see so many challenges. You had so many teachers who wanted to control so many elements that were actually outside of their control. Like we have the, have the opportunity to control our classrooms. Couldn't necessarily control the things that are outside of our classroom. When our students leave our classroom, when they're in the hallways, when they go back home, we had limited control over those things. But in our classroom, we had control. And the question was, when we were able to kind of distinguish between the two, you're able to harness your energy in a more productive, meaningful, and effective manner. So again, let me step back and say this. When you identify your locus of control, when you identify what you can really control, you are able to harness your energy, harness your resources in a way that is more effective, more productive, 
right? More beneficial to you and to whomever it is that you want to serve. But it requires a radical level of honesty. And, and when you do that, right, you, you start to, to identify and shift the way you think about responsibility. So again, first it's foremost, it's identifying what can I really control and then deciding that you will exercise the control you have meaningfully. Now I want to say this because again, as I started, I was like, this is not about what you wish you could control. I think the challenge for so many of us when it comes to like being control freaks or looking at life is we often want to control the things we have no control over, but us exerting energy towards the things that we can't control, we neglect the things we can. So here's, here's what I'm saying. Sometimes we try to, to, to control other people. I want to make you, this other person, this external force, do what I want you to do. All right. I'm trying to exercise that control, but guess what? You don't have control over that. You may have influence, but influence is different from control, but we'll exert all of this and attention energy trying to control and essentially trying to manipulate other people. And we have no control at the end. And then when that, when we're proven, when, when that's proven our lack of control, we end up so frustrated. Why couldn't I get this thing to happen? Why couldn't I get this thing? Cause you didn't actually have control of that. The thing you have control over is yourself. And even when it comes to yourself, you have control over how you respond to things. I'll tell you this, you know, there's an idea that you can control your thoughts. You can, but it's not the way you think. All of us as human beings have all these different thoughts that come to our mind. Sometimes they're negative. Sometimes they're positive. Like the idea that we all live in a la la land where everything is positive is just false. Um, and if you do, you might need to get that checked out. <laughs> if you're living in the real world, you get a mixture of negative and positive thoughts that come and hit you all the time. And, and, and that's outside of your control, but guess what is in your control? You get to control how you analyze and think about those thoughts how you respond to them. So if I have a control that comes, a thought that comes to me and says, Tammy, you know, you're going to fail, right? Because we do that. Anytime you do anything that is risky, anytime you do something that is new, those types of thoughts kind of come flooding in. So it's like, you know what? You're going to try and launch this thing and hey, you're going to fail. That thought can come, but I can decide to wait, pause on it and say, hold on, let me examine this thought. Let me look at it. Is this thought real? Like, is it, is it fact? Is it law or is it a prediction? And if it's a prediction, right? Where is this prediction? What is it based on? Is it based on a pattern? Okay. If it's based off a pattern, is there something I can control to shift that pattern? Right? Like if it, if it's not based off of a pattern, what is it based off of? The other question you can start asking yourself when you're looking at this thing that you can't control is okay. This thought came up. How long do I want to entertain it? Do I want to spend all day thinking about it? Or do I want to think about something else? Another thing that you can do with regards to what you can control. Again, you can't control the fact that the thought popped up, but you can decide, you know what is you can decide. Am I, I'm going to think about this. Is this thought beneficial to me? Right? All of those things are things you actually can control. You couldn't control the fact that the thought popped through your head. That's, that's you being human but you can control how you respond to it. The same thing happens in life. 
right? You can interact with people and you can want them to act a certain way, but you can't control them, but you can choose how you're going to respond to them. So if you have someone who is consistently acting in a negative way or a harmful way, you can decide how long you're going to entertain them. You can decide where's this coming from. You can, you know, be reflective and say, am I doing something? Am I putting myself in a position to receive this treatment? What does that mean? Am I entertaining people? I don't have to entertain. Like my younger brother, we were talking about this actually earlier today <laughs> and we were talking about the use of no and, and he's way better at using no than I am and he says I love the word no it just rolls off your tongue but one of the things he's taught me um, and even my younger sister my siblings have been really instrumental in, in this recognition is that we have the ability to even um, control what we commit to what we don't like oftentimes we relinquish the control and we say oh my gosh I have no choice no you have maybe two negative choices two things that and options you don't like to choose but you have the control to choose one of them you could choose the lesser of the two right and so essentially when you start to think about what it is that you can actually control, right? What you really control. The next step is making a decision that you're gonna take radical responsibility for it. Like I'm gonna be radically responsible for my thoughts. I'm gonna be radically responsible for the people and places I use and spend my energy. I'm gonna be radically responsible for the way I spend my time. I'm gonna own it. And it's so uncomfortable because we all are within our rights to find the things that influence us, that impact us, right? We all are impacted. Nobody is a silo, nobody is on an island. But when you take that radical responsibility, it's almost like you're saying, I'm not gonna pay as much attention to those things that I can blame. I'm not going to empower those things that I can blame. And that's kind of, it can be unsettling because you have to look at yourself in the mirror. But you can always choose to look at yourself in the mirror with both truth and grace, right? Where you can be radically honest and say, I'm responsible for how I responded. And I didn't respond the best way because I'm a human being, but I can try again. You know? So that's kind of what I want you to take away from today's uh, conversation is I want you to think about where are there areas in your life where you can take radical responsibility, where you can sit down and be honest about what you really do control and what you don't control. Like before we wrap up, like that's so critical, like identifying what you don't control and saying, I can do all of this. I can influence to an extent, but I, at the end of the day, I can't control you. So I can say everything perfectly. I can say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, not skip a beat, but you can choose as a person who has your own unique will, your own volition, your own personality to do what you want with it, right? Even if I can try and predict the future, you can choose a different future for yourself because you are in control of you and I'm in control of me. When I choose, radical responsibility, right? I empower myself. I empower myself to be most productive. I empower myself to channel my energy in a way where I can actually affect the most change and experience the transformation and the change that I want in my life. So just some thoughts for you to take with you this week. I hope it's been really helpful. And tell me what you think in the comment section. Like, where has radical responsibility shown up in your life? Are there places where you have room to sh take more 
in your business, in your relationships, in your finances. Listen, we're not going to talk about all the ones that I can. There's so many areas. Um, but, but let's think about that and reflect on that. And feel free to share it in the comment section. All right. Hope you are doing well. Until next time. Bye.